Hello and welcome to the Maths Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 579. Screening in select cinemas across Australia is Here Be Dragons, an Australian-made neo-noir set in Belgrade, Serbia, that stars Nathan Clark Sapsford as a war crimes investigator on the hunt for a war criminal many thought was dead. An engrossing mystery thriller that delves into a complex moral minefield in the aftermath of a brutal war. Here Be Dragons also marks the feature film debut of director and writer Alastair Newton Brown, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Alastair, how are you? Good, thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, when I first caught wind of Here Be Dragons, my um my radar went up straight away because I don't know if you know from my my surname, Pegvich, my background is Croatian. So yes. anything Balkan war associated is just something that's kind of like, you know, I, 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 I take an interest in. And I remember yes. very well back in the 90s, um, especially when the when the war was in um, Croatian territory. There many, many nights of my, my parents with phone calls with people overseas and news from over there and recording yeah, the news on Australian television. But what about on your analysis there? What is about the Balkans war? That was um that kind of spoke to you um as not only uh, uh, like a you know just not, a, not only as a human being but a filmmaker and a storyteller that that led to this backdrop for this neo noir that um, many people are seeing around the country right now. Well, um, I used to be a history teacher, and I I taught modern history to high school students for around eleven years, and the Balkans, uh, in general, I, I guess from about well, but before the First World War until the 90s, uh, was a topic that came up every year that I taught every year to year eight, nine, ten, um, because obviously it's a it's a hotbed of 20th century history, or it's certainly a hot spot. <laughs> um, and I became very interested in the region, just travelling there while I was teaching. And um, I'm also a Hungarian citizen. My mother's mm -hmm. family are from Hungary, which is on the border of Serbia and quite close to the other Balkan countries. So I guess there was that influence. Um, and I was drawn to it as, for, as a filmmaking location, actually because of my cinematographer who ended up living there, also a Hungarian citizen, funnily enough, um, and, Austra and Australian. Uh, and he ended up living in Serbia to be able to shoot films in Eastern Europe and the Balkans. Um, which has become a, a bit of a, a bit of a scene for filmmaking in the last sort of ten years, and he uh, he said to me, "You've got to come and see this place. It's a, it's really incredible. Um, come and look at the Balkans." He was living in Belgrade, so that's where I started uh, when I went for a trip, and I was looking for something to make, and I'd always been interested in Balkan history and Balkan people, um, and and sort of it all clicked into place for me when I went and saw it. Uh, and I thought I could I could really make a film here and say something quite interesting and and maybe unusual for an Australian person to do, um, and it it kind of yeah lent it. I I didn't I didn't want to make a film or do a story that just used that location or that region or those people as a kind of you know a lot of films are made there to look like London or to look like Berlin or like a cheap version of some other European country or some sort of androgynous action film. And I didn't want to do that. I really wanted to find a story that interested my history, uh, inter my interest in history and and kind of could marry it into a, a, a genre, as you say, neo-noir genre that 
that sort of ticked all the boxes and, and worked with the people that were there too. I've spoken to a lot of filmmakers over the years about filming in the Balkans or near there, you know, filming in Croatia or other places, Hungary or Romania and other places in, 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 around there, there as well. What's mm -hmm. the experience like working in Serbia? What's the film industry like over there now? Is it something that's become uh, really burgeoning in regards to cast and crew? Do you need to, um, do you do like, um, uh, do you source a lot of kind of like the local talent there to kind of work um, with your with your crew that you bring over, uh, brought over from Australia? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say about, uh, well, obviously the cast is probably around almost 90% uh, locals uh, from Serbia. And the crew, I'd say about, yeah, about 75% of the crew were Serbians. Um, um, we have some Croatians actually as well uh, and Bosnian people. And um, it was it was fairly straightforward. I, I, I got in touch with a casting director fairly early on in the process and she was instrumental in helping me set up meetings with a, with a wide range of um, actors and actresses over there. It's interesting because um, there's a there's a huge theatre scene in uh, Belgrade. Uh, I don't know mm -hmm. about Croatia, but in Belgrade, definitely. Where and you know afterwards, every you know it's sort of five dollars, ten dollars to go and watch a watch a play, and the theatres are packed every night, and people go into the bars afterwards and talk to the actors, and there's a real kind of scene. It's a small little city, and it's there's like three bars where all the actors go, and so you can kind of go and hang out with them. Um, and then once you know half a dozen actors and actresses, then you start to meet crew and, you know, there's not that many crew there either and five or six, you know, um, gaffers, for example, and if you, if you can't get one, they sort of recommend somebody else and everybody knows everyone. So it feels like a really thriving scene and people were very, very um, interested and and enthusiastic to to work with me some weren't so enthusiastic about the subject matter <laughs> but um but that um that kind of sorted itself out as we got into the process yeah I was curious about that because the times that I've been over in Croatia and in other places where I visit family whether it be you know with other Croatian communities and such it seems to me that on one end the younger generation that I talk to over there are kind of like that are more removed from the war uh, they get along more with kind of like their Serbian neighbors, neighbors and such, but the people who live through it are still like harboring lots of traumas and such. So when mm. you're coming in there as an Australian uh, with a, a story in, regarding, you know, um, not so much, you know, regarding the war, this isn't like a documentary or anything, but using the war as a context of a background for this story, um, I, I'd imagine that some people would feel some sort of a way in regards to that. Absolutely. Um, quite a few people needed convincing that this wasn't an anti-Serbian film. Mm. Uh, and look, as you know, it's it's one of those issues, and there are many, there's some going on today, where it doesn't matter what you say, you will encounter criticism or, or strong feelings or emotions from people. So I was very conscious about not being this sort of foreign dude going in there and trying to tell everyone how it's going to be uh, on their own history and a very, very sensitive history. I don't think Australians realise how sensitive it is in mm -hmm. Serbia and the Balkans. Uh, and I was very, very conscious of that. And I think I think the script is very conscious of that. Uh, the film is very conscious of that, trying to explore different points of view, trying to present different angles and trying to sort of uh, explain this idea that there's no winners. Uh, there's no there's no correct 
side, you know, it's uh, everyone's sort of a loser in conflict. And um, yeah, people, some people were, were ambivalent, but as you mentioned young people and uh, yeah, I, I found younger people actually didn't really care. They're like, why would you bother doing this sort of mm -hmm. like, who cares? Um, but people, I guess, over the age of about 40, uh, either yeah. either were extremely <laughs> emotional about it and wanted to have big conversations to make sure I was on the right side of history, if that makes sense. And others yeah. were like, no, we absolutely, this is important exploration and you've got a, 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 as much right as anybody and nobody here will do it anyway, so you may as well go for it. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about Slobodan Bestich, who um, plays Jovan mm. uh, uh, Petrovich in the movie. Um, it's a fantastic performance because it's a very much an easy, isn't he kind of thing in regards to the antagonist. It's, there's a mystery there, but it's also a, this really great underlying darkness in the movie. I think one of the best scenes in the film is a... Um, a one-on-one -on -one conversation between um, Nathan Sapsford, um, investigator, and um, and uh, Slobun's character in a in a in an office. And um, yeah, there's a, a I don't want to give away too much, but there's a bit there's a there's a bit of a um, connection there, really intense connection between the two, and just the mm. way in which um, Slobodan is able to um, to evoke a certain darkness within himself without being too overly villainy. I found it incredibly impressive. What was it like working with him in the movie? It was, a, it was amazing. He he's uh, a true thespian slobber, and um, you know, took that that part in particular was a very difficult part for a, a Serbian person to wrap their head. I, I think, well, let me rephrase: is a very controversial part for for a Serbian to play, even though it doesn't seem that way to to Aussies uh, or anyone else, I guess, outside the Balkans. Uh, I, I think he 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 played that part. He took on that part. It took a lot of courage to sort of do it. And he was constantly uh, checking with me his where he's at on the on the scale of between dark and light. And uh, the old character that he plays in the you know the the the, the, the he is a double headed beast, isn't it? His character. So he was constantly trying to check where he was on that scale, whether he's the the, allowing the darkness to consume him or he's like the, the pathway, the lighter side of his character to consume him. And um, he was, actually, you mentioned that scene. Once that scene was shot, he, he was very, very, um, uh, that, that that was a very, very difficult scene to get right. And and he he he, he built his way through that character in that scene. He was shot it quite early on. Once we'd mm. shot that scene, he was like, I know exactly who this guy is. I'm fine to do everything else. <laughs> it's quite interesting. But brilliant, brilliant actor and really brought a lot to the unbelievably expressive face. I mean, it's a, an, an amazing stuff. I, I really found it very interesting working with him. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Gift Card Store. Australia's leading provider of gift cards, Gift Card Store offers a variety of prepaid MasterCard and Visa cards in physical or e-card format. You can even design your own card as the ultimate personalized gift. With Gift Card Store, you can gift the gift you know they will love. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below.
the title of the film is really um, curious to me, Here Be Dragons, and I was kind of like thinking about, well, I wonder which way Alistair's going with this. And then when I watched the movie and, and that, scene in, that scene in particular, uh, Slobodan's character talks about how um, repressed, you know, holding back repressed dar darkness or, or traumas within yourself can become like an angry dragon. You can either control it through communication or you can kind of keep it, you know, uh, chained and, and unfed and then it comes out on its own and just destroys everything around it. I, think, I thought it was just a really interesting kind of metaphor where did you find what was the source for that um uh, kind of uh, metaphor that kind of um um uh, symbology in regards to you know the dragon and kind of like this kind of like a beast within all of us especially uh, a character uh, as nefarious as, as someone uh, like the um the antagonist in your movie um well i well apart from the fact that dragons sort of come from that i mean the mythology of dragons is very strong in that region um and and i can't couldn't tell carpathian mountain mountains uh, some you know it's romania hungary serbia balkan that's a very big thing in in that region um i i actually took the um the title from medieval maps where they mm -hmm. used to put um, uh, w w regions that aren't, hadn't been explored properly, they would draw sometimes draw a sea monster and actually write "Here be dragons" on like onto the map, meaning proceed with caution. Uh, right. And I think um, that that that's where I took the title from um, because uh, a lot of and a lot of what Slobber talks about in that scene is about yes about the inner demons we all have and and your ability and, and it, a lot of it comes from Jungian uh, psychology as well uh mm. where he talks he talks about the darkness inside of us all and the only way that we can sort of get to um uh, to be a good a truly good person or a good functioning human being is to understand that we have those dragons we have dragons deep down there um or darkness or whatever you want to call it uh, and we must recognize that, fully recognize it and control it. And that, and, a, and a person who can control those urges and those things and fully uh, incorporate them into their psyche is a person who can then go and do good and be peaceful in the world. Uh, if you if you don't acknowledge that, if you don't, this so so goes the, the, the theory. If you don't acknowledge that and don't go through the motions of of, of fully investigating that, then you actually can end up being a, being a, a heinous criminal, you know, doing doing evil in the world. So, which is what that character has done. Uh, it's just that in this film, that character has done it to the very extreme, um, and through that experience, has learnt uh, that actually he can use that terrible experience to maybe do some good. Now, whether or not, therefore, we can forgive him is a different story, and and I guess that's what the film is all about. I also sort of very much thought of um, David Locke, the main character played by Nathan, as a kind of dragon <laughs> um, in in uh, uh, coming coming out of his shell um, mm. and sort of con the constant smoking. I, I know you probably picked up on it's kind of mm. like a it's a bit of like a dragon uh, blowing smoke constantly and just coming out of the cave and starting to understand uh, and come to terms with his own darkness um so yeah it was, it was an interesting thing to play with well the, the smoking the other thing i, I noticed about that well, well two things actually is that um you know when it comes to the whole kind of neo-noir kind of noirish kind of thing you know the main um uh, protagonist the, the gumshoe 
trench coat gumshoe, which um, which I think um, Nathan plays yeah. very well as well. Um, you know, usually are very much heavy smokers is like part of it, but also it's it's such to me a such a Balkan experience the, the smoking. I remember um, when I was not when I was last there, but when I was there back uh, when I was back in my early tw- you know mid twenties, early twenties smoking days. I don't think I've ever smoked as much uh, cigarettes in my life. Yeah, well. yeah. In Croatia and in other places as well, it's just become it's just so much a part of the culture. Um, oh, you know, they love the, it. the case. It's the case <laughs> now as well. Are they, are they still kind of knocking back those cigarettes? There's no vaping over there. Absolutely. It's still, it's still old school. No, cigarettes. no. Yeah. It's it's old. well the, the smoke the smokes that he was smoking in the film were were specially made ones because I think he would have you know keeled over on set if oh, we yeah. gave him proper cigarettes but yeah. but yes everybody was smoking constantly and you know you can smoke indoors and it's very cheap and um it's it's not conducive of a healthy uh healthy lung making a film over in in Balkans, but it's interesting it certainly adds contrast i mean there's just so much contrast and i think smoke mm. in general when you're hanging out there and you're sitting in these bars the light is different to australia the bars are differently lit and there's smoke everywhere. It, it's so yeah. atmospheric. It's so interesting. And you can feel it just heightens everything, um, uh, unhealthy as it is. Uh, yeah, it, it really does add something. It really does. I think, um, I don't know if people will want to admit it or not, but smoke, especially in the context of cigar or cigarette smoke, in, in a lot of ways, is part of the fabric of um, cinema um, imagery, especially mm. when it comes to, um, mm. like, you know, uh, the golden age of, of cinema and those kind of scenes um, in those movies. It's something that's really kind of um, goes part, part and parcel a lot of that. Absolutely, stuff. yeah. Well, noir films, I think, definitely, I mean, 100% is this, every every noir film is full of smoke, isn't it? And mm. uh, But yeah, I, I, it is iconic and it's it's going away and it probably, I don't know, I mean, I, you know, smoking in this country, in, in Australia is pretty much, you know, non-existent anymore and people still smoke, but it's very, diff- you know, very expensive and Mm. You can't smoke indoors and so on. Uh, and I think there is an F, there's probably a, a, a cohort of people that are trying to eliminate smoking on the screen. Um, but I, you know, I don't think, I think, I think you're right. I think it's iconic. I mean, you can't, you can't just eliminate those things. Uh, but it, but it, but it serves a function in this film. If you notice, there's a, there's a, um, he actually doesn't smoke from around about the scene you described. Uh, where Novak and and um, uh, where Slobber and and Nathan uh, have a chat in the office. After that scene, he doesn't actually smoke till till the end of the movie, mm. um, which is kind of like I guess a little take on on the emergence of the idea in Nathan that he that in in, in Nathan's character that he sort of should start to work on himself and fix himself up rather than try and sort of save the world from everybody from everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. It, it totally yeah. does. And there's a little there's a little gesture that he makes at the end of the film. Like I said, I don't want to give away that kind of um brings a certain yes. amount of closure sure. to that as well, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a line in the movie um that stuck with me. Um when um Nathan is over there and he's um trying to talking to some of his old cohorts, um, trying to get some resources together. Um mm. and when he's questioned about his investigation, one of his um old mates says, um if you want to choose monsters, the world has no short shortage. And I mm. think it's something that is even like today's context of the things that are going on now. Um, mm. It's definitely true. I mean, it's been something like 20 some odd years, maybe more since um, the end of the, the Balkan Wars and, and the atrocities done in that war, even though uh, incredibly horrific, it just seems to be um, um, magnified more in different areas of the world. And it just seems to me that um, 
I don't know about about yourself, Alistair, but um, that character of, of David Locke, you know, you could put him in different periods of time, and um, he would could have been mm. thrust into in, into finding different monsters at any any, any given moment during human history. I think, uh, uh, fully mm. on us for, for that, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm well. I'm glad you say because I like yeah, I like to think that he could definitely be anywhere in the world right now and doing the same thing. It's it's unfortunately uh, an, a never-ending story, isn't it? Um, mm. a conflict between two countries or humans or you know even your next door neighbor. And uh, I, I sort of um, and he's he, yeah, he's one of these people that. Uh, based on real people, by the way, a lot of a, a lot of the a lot of the real David Locks are actually Australians uh, for, for for reasons which which we probably don't have enough time to go into. But um, the Australian police were very much involved very much involved in in UN investigative work in the Balkan conflict and other conflicts around the world. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's 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 a never-ending thing, never-ending cycle of madness. And uh, I think the film maybe puts forward the point of where does it end? I think Nathan's character in the end is kind of like overwhelmed by the idea that this will just never end. Actually, I I I'm sort of part of the problem, maybe, mm. uh, and I need to go away and and reassess my my values and what it is that we're doing here and and how on earth we we come out of it um because yeah i i i, I tend to wonder i mean if the film very much came from a place of that like we're looking at conflicts and just going where is this going to end the truth is you know the first casualty of war is the truth as we yep. see today every day especially with social media so much stuff out there and you have no idea what to believe and uh, how do we how do we come to terms with it, and how do we try to stop it? Stop the cycle of 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 hatred being passed on to the next person and the next person. And where does that stop? I, these are all the things that are floating around in my head whilst writing it. When you screen the film here in Australia, you've done screenings in Geelong. Um, I know you were in Dendi Newtown last week. Tonight you're in, you're in Hawthorne, yep. um, in Victoria. Um, I yep. know Victoria especially has a very um, uh, prominent Serbian community there, as, as does New South Wales. Do you get any feedback in regards to um, uh, local audiences in regards to the film and its, and its themes? I I haven't um, been approached by any anybody who um, said they've had Serbian heritage. I've I've, I've met quite a few Croatian people though, uh, which is mm. interesting, and um, they are, are, some are kind of shocked. <laughs> <laughs> that an Australian has has gone over there and made this film. Mm. Um, I I haven't had anybody come up uh, uh, it come to me in anger or, mm. or sort of say that uh, you you've got no idea what you're talking about. Although I'm sort of expecting it because it comes with the territory. Right. Um, but uh, I I've had uh, honestly quite positive feedback from from everybody and and thanks actually some some Croatian people have said thank you for for shining a light on these things and uh, and taking you know taking the time and effort to discuss it in a in a more nuanced way because the nuance gets lost in in history doesn't it and and, it and through social media and so on and I never wanted to take sides in that conflict and certainly not on a country level or sure in, in characters in the film I mean you're trying to tell a story so there's going to be antagonists and so on but even then I've tried to be as nuanced and and shades of gray as possible so uh, I I hope 
I hope that people with Balkan heritage see it as a as a uh, as a genuine and a, a, a sort of positive and hopefully objective attempt to to bring light to the to the to the conflict and the history and try to derive interesting conversation out of it from which we can move forward and and be peaceful and and um, learn things. Yeah, and I and I got to add to that as someone. As I said at the start of that discussion, who very much remembers uh, that time, in, especially in the 90s, when um, the, the more recent kind of um, fracases between the two countries uh, were really in um, fourth full, full um, mm. it's I think Here Be Dragons is a very nuanced and mature um, approach to it as well. Not any way exploitative uh, and not any way, um, as you said before, um, you, you know, I've, I've, I get invited to a lot of kind of films um from mm -hmm. like you know Croatian filmmakers and such and sometimes um what I watch is kind of like really kind of propagandized kind of stuff which is incredibly mm. uh, frustrating to watch and so mm. to watch your mm. films watch Hebe Dragons and see um the movie and, and, and just to reiterate this isn't a documentary this isn't like a, a political film this is very much a yeah. a, a neo-noir just with the setting of the Baltimore in the background but still mm. in that context I think it's incredibly nuanced and mature on, on your behalf and I just want to say thank you for that because I think you did a really thank great you. job in finding oh, that balance you. between telling the story but also being respectful to the um to the uh the, the world that you're basing in as well I oh, think thank you very much I'm, I'm gl really glad to hear it so for everyone out there listening here be dragons you can go to screeninc.com they screeninc.com.au um, and you can actually find their different screening times uh, and the Screen Inc. Um, also on Facebook. And I got different screening times as, as such. Um, and, um, I imagine, um, Alistair, above, uh, um, um, as well as the current um, uh, screenings that you had around the country, there's going to be more in the future, hopefully, as well, for people to watch the film in cinemas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're getting new screenings coming up. Um, well, every week it seems, <laughs> but certainly earlier earlier in the new year before the digital release in Australia and New Zealand, and we're also releasing in America and Canada mm -hmm. uh, in probably about April next year. Excellent. For everyone out yeah. there, if you do get a chance to watch it in the cinemas, watch it in the cinemas. We need to uh, support Australian independent filmmakers, yes. uh, filmmakers like Alistair, who tell really great, nuanced, uh, mature kind of genre storytelling like we see in Here Be Dragons. It's very pivotal that we get more stories like this on our screens made by our filmmakers. Um, and Alistair, I thank you so very much for your time today. Um, best pleasure. of luck with tonight's screening. I know I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a Q&A as well tonight you're doing. Yeah, Q&A with me and Nathan. So nice. it should be great. Excellent. Awesome. Well, yep. thank you so much for your time and congrats on the film. Pleasure. Thanks very much, Matt.